0: Hands off, he's mine. Well, hello, Michelle, my little tiny friend. How are you there?
1: I'm little and small. Hello. How are you? You're my big tall friend. I'm enormous huge towering over you it does look like that in the recent socials i look like a little tiny
0: midget compared to you my second head (laughs) do you remember that film we've talked about it before it always makes me think of the twin the man who held the twin inside and then he'd come out and murder people belial his name was what was that called it was an awful film I don't know. You know when sometimes you have a twin inside you; it's just got a tooth and a hair or something. But this is actually like a like a half-formed head, and it was maniacal, from the eighties slasher kind of film. Can't remember. They did what it the was best called. crazy movies in the eighties. You know, I
1: had a twin tooth. You did. I had a twin tooth, so I had this pain in my uh, one of my teeth, and I went to the dentist. They're like, I don't know. So they sent me to a specialist. Yeah. And he said, "Well." We've, you've got what we call a twin tooth. Yeesh. Two teeth that had merged together and one part of this tooth was Jim and the other one was Joe. What? And are giving them names. I'm just giving them names. so <laughs> Well, you know, why not? Jim and Joe, they merged together. Jim was dying. Oh. Joe was fine. <laughs> I had to have like some kind of weird procedure on Ew. the tooth because I had a twin tooth. It sounds painful. Well, my sister just called me a sideshow
0: freak. Now, no shade to the sideshow freaks, by the way. We are not judging you. We're a very inclusive podcast. Very woke, I think you'll find. (laughs) Now, Michelle, (laughs) let's just introduce ourselves. Now we know that you're the freak and I'm the tall one. I'm Geordie. And I'm Michelle. And this is eavesdropping the comedy podcast. And you're an eavesdropper (laughs) yes that's what happens you eavesdrop on our conversation but of course we love that because guess what we like attention
1: oh you do I'm an introvert (laughs) you are not I'm like Michael Hutchins I'm an introvert who just happens to do extroverted things sometimes
0: I don't know if I believe that
1: I think I am really I think I'm an introvert personality interesting
0: Yes. Let's do a test. We'll do a test off air because it's boring if I have to Google it now. (laughs) Okay. But listen, Michelle, I told you off last time by saying no more bloody travel pussy information, but something has come across my desk. In fact, I believe I said, and that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a cling wrap on the...
1: The travel it was pussy. a cling
0: wrap and very clean disposal of the Travel Pussy news. Those of you <laughs> who are new to the podcast, go back a- about five or six episodes. You'll hear about when the pussy Travel Pussy first entered our lives. It was on a road trip through Germany. Michelle's fiancé went to a vending machine, did not purchase the Travel Pussy, but it provided us with hours of fun. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you some things because our German listener, Anushka, She is also quite intrigued by The Travel Pussy. She sent in something and what it is is Amazon reviews of The Travel Pussy. (laughs) Do you want to hear some? Yeah, of course. Roll it. This one's from Mike in the UK. He only gives it a one star. So it wasn't really a big hit for, for Mike. He says... It's nothing like my cat, Boris. <laughs> I bought one of these as I often feel lonely leaving my cat, Boris, at home when I'm away for work. It was rubbish. It looked nothing like a cat and didn't touch any of the whiskers I left out for it. It's not even furry. Complete waste <laughs> of time. <laughs> Ah. Mike, like Jen, thought it was an actual cat. I think Mike and Jen need to connect. Spend some time together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But this one is a bit better. It's four stars from Peter, who says... Sorry, I just have to brace myself before I say this. Pity it's a one-shot deal. (laughs) It's a
1: one and done. (laughs) One shot. That's even worse.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. This feels very good. Downside is the length of time it takes. To fill it with water. I thought he was oh. going to say something else there.
1: Oh, mate, I just got to say, like, how long could it take? Three seconds to fill up a travel pussy if you do it from the tap?
0: Otherwise, it's just like a hot water bottle. Well, that's what I was going to say. We filled a lot of hot water bottles when you were visiting recently, didn't we? And
1: you've got one of those weird long ones.
0: It's <laughs> long. Is. A long bottle. I mean, it's the length of your body. It almost is.
1: I actually half the
0: length of mine.
1: I could actually have one of those and snuggle it. It's a snuggle it's a snuggle <laughs> bottle. It did remind us of those those waving men and you said from Nope. And the ones yes. outside the gas stations. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes, it's one of those. You saw me when we were watching traitors together. I like to sit and like flop it about, squeeze it and it kind of has a life of its own.
1: That sounds like the opposite of a travel pussy. That sounds like a
0: travel Millie? Travel deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I would not like to put something inside me that was filled with hot water by the way. Let me just say that for free. Yuck. They're filling these pussies with hot water. What happens if it bursts? I know, but that's like all
1: those drug mules that put a whole thing of cocaine or whatever up the old no, I wouldn't do that. Whoop, whoop, and then it explodes and they die from, you know, an overdose.
0: Yeah. That's a job I won't be applying for. <laughs> anyway, back to our reviews. Next one another 4 stars. And the heading is "One Wipe Wonder." Oh, it's, so they're, they're on the <laughs> reuse. One wipe wonder. This person says, "A friend of mine pulled out his used travel pussy at a dinner party, and we <gasps> all decided to give it a go." No!
1: Oh Yuck. my
0: god! Come on, guys!
1: That's a soggy sayo situation right there.
0: Oh, I don't even know what that is.
1: What's a soggy sayo? It's like in America they would call it a circle jerk, but there's a biscuit in the middle, oh. and you've got to take aim. <laughs> And then the person at the end has to eat the sayo.
0: Oh, come on. That's a dessert I won't be ordering. There's a lot of won'ts and can'ts on this episode so far. He goes on. Even the birthday girl got involved, although it was spent. Oh, why spent? did he say that? Spent. We had minutes of fun inflating it and drawing it a giant eye. When she finally popped, we gave her a proper good send-off, including a funeral and a naming ceremony. Her name is Ian. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Lots of fun with the old travel pussy. Oh It my just never goodness. stops giving.
1: The travel pussy, it loves to share, give, provide hours of joy.
0: But why are we only just found out about the thing, you know, this decade of our lives? Does it not exist in the UK? I've never seen nor heard of a travel hmm. pussy.
1: In fact, a friend of mine had found one at her airbnb maybe i'd mentioned this before on the podcast what a black one
0: Ew, <laughs> no you haven't mentioned if you have i've wiped that from my memory
1: and uh they were cleaning after guests had been and Jesus. she picked this up and she said what the fuck is this and her husband went, oh that's a travel pussy <laughs> oh he knew <laughs> he knew, he knew all up. about it
0: bloody hell mate well, I haven't been in a Nan Summers for some time, so I don't know what wares they're peddling in there anymore.
1: I mean the fact that you can just get it at a vending machine. And I think it is five ninety nine or four ninety nine. It's around Gosh, a five euros. Yeah. Double that for for Aussie dollars. Wow. I think it's an it's an affordable device. And Fantastic. we will have an unboxing in the future. I will make sure of it. That can go on the Patreon. Oh yes. That you gotta pay for that one, guys. We will be <laughs> blacklisted and shadow banned on youtube you if we put that up
0: no oh, the youtube they don't like oh that. On the
1: youtube's no i mean we got shadow banned a few episodes ago really? for the mad cow episode oh peddling false information yes all the q people out there posting
0: all their vids who don't get shadow banned oh, yeah.
1: how does that happen
0: yeah, they said that we were... I was we actually were. peddling facts that were reported. It was all in the media.
1: Well, that's the thing. I actually disputed the strike, the warning, and said, listen, this comes from the World Health Organization. They didn't care, didn't listen. Mm, fuck them. And I said, by the way, we're a comedy podcast. Stick it up your bum. Maybe they listened. <laughs> no one listens. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway. No,
0: they don't listen. Not those people. Only only good people. Only nice people like you guys. Yes. We're talking to you right now.
1: Speaking of our lovely listeners, we had another voice note. <gasps> I love those. From none other than Neil, he's real. Neil the Scientist. The
0: Scientist. He's Neil the Scientist, unpaid researcher. You're all unpaid, by the (laughs) way. One day we might be able to share the love, but not until we start making the dough. When we get a
1: few more on the Patreon and that money rolls in, we'll be able to pay our researchers.
0: We can pay them in T-shirts when we get the merch, can't we?
1: Oh, we've got to get onto that. The robes, the merch, the pick up your panties and go pants. Yes, all (laughs) of that. Socks even. Hey, in fact... Eavesdroppers, if you've got a merch, an eavesdropping merch idea for us, let us
0: know. We will oh get on to that. Yes, please do. But just going back to last week's episode when we talked about the very tragic and tangled episode of uh, Hutchinson, and Elliot Smith, we did have a listener tell us what they were wearing and it was our beautiful, gorgeous, menacing Janneke from Amsterdam, who said she was wearing a fur-coloured gilet on her way into work whilst listening to eavesdropping. Now, why was her gilet covered in fur? Those regular listeners will know when we ran a competition for her nickname, it's because she's got two pussycats at home. Janneke has two pussies. <laughs> it all leads back to the pussies, Janneke. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> well, Neil, he's got a little voice note for us. Something to say. Here it is. Oh.
2: Hi, Geordie. Hi, Michelle. It's Neil, the scientist here, um, and I just wanted to say hi. Loving the show, and thanks so much for the Shard Arts. They always make me feel super special. Um, wanted to just say a couple of things. First, I'm super disappointed that the aliens uh, from Mexico aren't either real or cake. Um, it would be lovely to have stuck a little candle in some socket in one of those cake aliens and slice that puppy up with you, I bet it's red velvet inside. Um, That's what I was imagining anyway. Um, Second thing, wanted to add a quick addendum to something that Michelle was relaying a couple of weeks ago about the incorruptibles, the saints looking pretty good when you drag them out of the ground thousands of years after they've been stuck in a hole. Well, my point was, I said that, you know, sometimes there is these things in the ground conditions, how cold it is, whether there's bugs in there, the pH, the acidity, and they can help you preserve a body in the ground. And you've seen things like, yeah, the Tolland man and all of that kind of stuff who look pretty good after a long time. Well, my sciency bit was that actually, in order to work out whether a makes you incorruptible, what you gotta do is dig up a saint and then look around for someone in a nearby hole who isn't a saint, And dig them up at the same time and someone who was buried about the same time and go, right, if the conditions are about the same, does my saint look better? Are they prettier than the other scumbag? If that's consistent, if you find like three or more saints with neighboring scumbags and the saints are looking good and the scumbags are looking, you know, consumed, worn out, corrupted, Maybe we're onto something here. I still wouldn't write it off. Okay. Love you guys. Love the show. Thank you so much.
0: Ah, we love you too, Neil. Love ya. That's how you do an experiment, Michelle. Well, he's a fucking scientist. What do you expect? Yes. Like, that's how you do an experiment. For those of you who are in doubt, that's a real scientist there. He knows how to conduct one. When we say, Neil, he's real, he is a real scientist. Yeah. He's
1: working in science. <laughs> and actually, there is a fantastic discussion with him over on the patreon yeah and you can hear all about his theories on all sorts of things
0: because that was a really interesting conversation i've got to say i want him to do another interview with you at some point
1: yes i do too next time we're in the same room together neil pin that but cake the aliens they're not real so look i looked that up apparently the It is annoying. The alien that they supposedly found and delivered to the Mexican government was bits of chicken bones and horse hair and shit. God, really? Who has the time to put that together? I mean, really.
0: And also, not cake. No. Like the idea of red velvet, though.
1: Well, but, yeah, it's not my favourite cake.
0: doesn't matter, Michelle, if it's your favourite or not. It's just the effect that when you cut into that grey alien. It's (laughs) all red
1: velvet Mm. inside. I know, that would be quite something. But, you know, in terms of taste, I'd probably prefer lemon poppy seed. Well, I'm not going to eat a
0: grey cake, so that's that. I'd eat a grey cake if it was there. I would put a spoon in that. <laughs> and then found chicken bones and horse hair inside. Yum, yum. Oh, man. Michelle, going back to Patreon, though. Thank you, Neil. Going back to the Patreon, just so you know, those of you who do sign up, good on you. Those who don't, why not? because you've got access to extra droppings they used to be free but now they are paid for and this month we have an interview which is actually a video all being well of american musician and youtuber benjamin cartel he's the guy who posted my adamant story up on his music stories where he interviews people he also talks about fan moments about musicians that they've seen live or that they knew or they played with, and it's a lot of fun. Check it out.
1: He interviewed you.
0: Now you're interviewing him. That's what we do. That's how we roll.
1: And I just want to wrap up with the last bit of news about Malaysia MH370 crash. Oh, no, don't, because I'm catching another Malaysian flight very soon. What now? You'll be fine. Well, basically, the government have been accused of wanting to keep... What happened to this crash? And if you don't remember, about 10 years ago, Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 crashed into the Indian Ocean, killed all 239 people on board. Currently still remains a mystery. They've never found it. They've been accused of wanting to keep that crash a mystery Mm -hmm. because, you know, the black box was never found. Nothing was ever found. There have been two separate reports in the last four months that have proposed new areas in the southern Indian Ocean As new areas to search for the wreckage, the government says no. They don't want to keep searching for it. Why not, though? Well, that's the whole question. Why not? There have been all sorts of theories. Uh, The Americans have jumped in because they've said they will go and
0: help look. Malaysian government says no. So it's not about the finances then, because the countries who had nationals who perished in that tragedy are willing to stump up the money.
1: Well, the thing is that the Malaysian government previously have said it would be willing to reopen the search, but only if there is compelling new information. So I don't know. Maybe they think they're just rubberneckers looking for Mm -hmm. the wreckage. But I think if your loved one went down in in the crash, you might want to know what happened especially
0: after seeing that film that we watched the other day that Safka oh my recommended god. which was The Society of Snow oh my god yeah. if you've seen Alive with Ethan Hawke which I haven't then you'll think oh I've seen that I know that story you don't this is incredible and it's based apparently on a book a memoir or something I don't think it was a memoir but it's so so good it's about friendship camaraderie not just about people eating each other, survival, missed opportunities and just, Human nature. Human nature. It's incredible.
1: And the two lead guys are quite hot. There's hot men, yeah. Hot dudes in it as well. (laughs) We really enjoyed it. We did really enjoy that. If you can enjoy, you know, a cannibal movie, but spoiler, if you didn't know, that's what happened. (laughs) And you too. Everybody knows. I think everyone knows. Definitely a great wreck and we really enjoyed it. Did you steal my scrunchie? Oh, have a look in your hair bag. Oh, sorry, pet. What was that? So, moving yes. on to this week's topic,
0: Geordie. Right. I've
1: got a strange addiction for you.
0: Oh yeah, she's good at these guys. She's good at the strange addictions. You've done. The I love a strange person add- eating the ash.
1: Oh, the, she basically ate her dead husband. She ate the ashes of a yeah. dead husband. She would take him to the cinema and then just dip a finger in, have a lick, a lick and a
0: chomp. You've done the chomp chomp. You've done the lady who. Oh God, you've done the lady who likes to live on her piss. Basically, drink it, bathe in it, yep. all of that. The bee Addicted to bee, speak, bee stings. Yes. Go back and listen to our other Strange Addictions episodes on the website, www.eavesdroppingpodcast.com.
1: I mean, I do get a lot of these strange addictions from a show called My Strange Addiction. Oh, and back in 2012, and I know, it is a show that just keeps on giving. They featured a segment on a 27-year-old guy called Nathaniel from Arkansas in America who was in... A very serious, very committed relationship with his soulmate. Yeah. A 1998 Chevy or Chevy Monte Carlo car called Chase.
0: Oh, okay. That's, okay, the mind's wearing a head already, wondering how that's going to manifest. Well, this guy loves his car.
1: And you see him in the morning going out to this cherry red car and he's like, mm. morning, baby. And he's oh, smooching the car and then he says... Mm, you handsome man he's into it he's into the car he's in a very committed relationship with Chase there's Mm. this one scene he's lying under the car he's giving these really tender little kisses to the bumper bar and he's like I love you baby And he does the creepy voice. I'm really trying to do the creepy voice. That is a creepy voice, Michelle. I love you, baby. And he's clearly not embarrassed about this because... Because he's being filmed. He's on a TV show (laughs) talking about how much he loves Chase. They met five years earlier at a resale lot. And it was, according to him, love at first sight. You know, Nathaniel just loved Chase's body and his Mm. interior, everything together. And I quote... It just all seemed to fit. I just felt an instant connection, says Nathaniel. And all this is kind of overlaid with footage of him kind of tongue-pashing the hood of his car. Humping Humping the hood. (laughs) Jesus. Nathaniel. Different thing to Boys in the Hood, doesn't it? Different spin on that. (laughs) Uh, He says he knew he had an attraction to cars when he was in his teens and he was building model cars. But as he got older... He realized it was something more and you see him caressing the bonnet of the car and Nathaniel is like, this is the part of Chase I find most sexy because of the curves. He's stroking this car in a very loving way actually and he says he doesn't know why he feels this way but he just absolutely loves Chase. Then they have a little convo with his female flatmate who's like, at first I was shocked by it and I thought it was weird. I hear your sister. Yeah. I, it I is can weird. see why. Yeah,
0: okay. It is. I have a quick question. Does he have any relationships in his life, like real relationships with people? Well, he has a flatmate. But I mean like a girlfriend or a boyfriend or
1: He doesn't need a girlfriend. He's got he Chase. has Chase. Right. He doesn't want a girlfriend. He'd be cheating. He'd be cheating on right. Chase if okay. he had a girlfriend.
0: He's monogamous. Yeah. Okay.
1: He is monogamous. <laughs> I mean, how dare you even suggest that, Jordi? What kind of guy do you think he is? The flatmate says, you know, she found it hard to understand and that she said she is a bit worried for her friend because what he's doing isn't normal. And Nathaniel does go on to say that they always have had such a good time together, he and Chase, and they like all the same music. And they have a favourite song that they share. What is it? Have a guess. (laughs) Who's going to drive you home? Tonight, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I wish it was that song. No, it is I Can't Fight This Feeling oh. Anymore <laughs> by Ario oh, Speedwagon. That's not their song. That doesn't make any sense. There's no puns, Nathaniel. There's no puns. Well, I mean, it isn't
0: Speedwagon. Ario Speedwagon, of course. Speedwagon. This is Chase, my Speedwagon. And, <laughs> but also... <laughs> He can't fight this feeling. He can't. That's how he feels. He can't fight his love for Chase. Unfortunately, Chase, on the other hand, is, what's the word I'm going to use? Ambivalent towards his feelings. It's not requited. You
1: say that, but I feel a bit sorry for Chase because Chase can't say no. No, exactly. Chase, Chase has no say in this. But look, you know, he treats Chase really well. And on Chase's birthday... Nathaniel tries to do something a bit extra special for Chase. What's that? He takes him out to the local lover's lookout. Oh, they go God. parking.
0: That's a new <laughs> form gets, of dogging.
1: It is a new form of dogging. Like I said, poor old Chase has no say in this. Oh, dear. I hope that upholstery is wiped clean. Fucking hell. Don't even. Don't <laughs> even go there. Oh, yuck. I mean, there is a shot in this, uh, in this segment of My Strange Addiction where they go out to the lover's lane lookout and – Nathaniel leans in at at sunset, gives Chase all these little kisses and strokes. Fucking hell. But, of course, it doesn't end there, Geordie. No? Oh, he goes all the way? Well, he does go all the way because he says, there are times when we get sexual. And then it cuts to Nathaniel (laughs) (laughs) really sexually stroking the steering wheel. And (laughs) I'm not joking. Like, whoever put this episode together... like with the music it's kind of a genius because he's there like really getting like super sexy with this steering wheel and the music behind is this really creepy music like like stabbing noises
0: as, as well do you think this is real or is it one of those like a star daily star article where it's just been written by someone just to fill i think it's real but he's being filmed doing all this sexual stuff with his car Isn't he embarrassed?
1: Isn't that private? Well, then he starts talking dirty to the car, Jordy, and he says things like, hey, baby, you like that? Does that feel good, you handsome man? And he's just getting super, super greasy. Greasy? Creepy. Sorry. I've got ahead of myself. I can't even speak. He's He's not greasy. But he is rubbing himself against the door. Uh, But Chase's favourite position, according to Nathaniel, is when – Nathaniel is underneath with his head at the bumper. <laughs> he really likes that position, says Nathaniel. And he says it's very special to make love to Chase. And you gotta think if he's this comfortable getting sexy on camera yeah. with the tongue and the stroking. Oh God. Jodie, how wild is this guy getting yeah, when there's go no camera
0: around? Much, much further, I can barely imagine.
1: It's a whole different spin on a lube job. <laughs> he has <he, laughs> He says he hates being away from Chase and won't let him out of his sight for more than 24 hours. In fact, he once had tears at work because he missed Chase so much. He had tears at work.
0: Yep. (sighs) Although Chase is his screensaver. (sighs) So he sees him on that screen all the time. I'm starting to fear for Nathaniel. I feel like this is an incredibly serious um, condition of some kind.
1: Well, it's worse because he says if something would happen to Nathaniel, he says his heart would stop. And he's crying. He actually has tears. Hang on. No, sorry. If something happened to to Chase, Chase, Nathaniel's heart would stop. Sorry, I just get these two mixed up. I mean, they are one. Two become one. (laughs) Two two hearts that beat as one. I need you. I need you. See, he's
0: crying on camera. Literal tears. Actual real tears. Thought of something happening to dear chase
1: yep but before he went on international tv because this show goes all around the world about you know his obsession he says he'd never told anyone before about chase because he thought people might think he was a bit weird and be disgusted by it and he thought Mm. he might lose his job if anyone found out goes on tv (laughs) (laughs) well I mean, he says his love for Chase is stronger than that fear and that he wouldn't oh. trade Chase for the world or trade no. him in, I guess. I mean, he's not trading him in. It does make you wonder. Thank God Chase can't get pregnant. <laughs> Imagine. Well, the thing is, too, Chase is a dude.
0: So does this make Nathaniel gay with his car? Does it? Is he gay? Or maybe he's bicurious? I mean, he's not a person. It's not a person, Michelle. We're forgetting Chase isn't real. Have you been sucked in? I mean, he's a car. Sucked in on that tailpipe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, But it does raise some questions, you know, about whether or not he does have a particular mental health condition called objectophilia. That's what it sounds like to me. Objectophilia we've talked about before. We have indeed. If anyone doesn't remember from a previous episode... It's when a person develops strong emotional and sexual feelings and forms a relationship with an object. And you can develop that kind of bond with anything. And there have been cases of people falling in love with roller coasters, bridges, trains, and in this case, a car. And I did read that objectophilia is also known as object sexuality. Yeah. And it sort of first got media attention in 1979 when a woman called Aya Arita Ekloff married
0: the Berlin Wall after the death of her husband. Okay. What happened when that got knocked down? Heartbreak. Or when Hasselhoff straddled it? Would she have been annoyed at that? (laughs) Stop it. Can you imagine? Get off my wall, please, Mr. Hasselhoff. <laughs> Sorry, no, that I can't leave that in. That's terrible.
1: You can. That's my favourite voice. Hands off, he's mine. Stop fondling my bricks. She married the Berlin Wall, but then in 2006, there was a woman called Erica Eiffel. She's an athlete. And oh, right. she had a commitment ceremony with the Eiffel Tower.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that must be what it was. She married the Eiffel Tower. I mean, she can't really be called Eiffel. Erica is in fact the founder of Object
1: Sexuality International, which is an organization for people who develop relationships with inanimate objects. She's also an Olympic athlete. She does archery oh. and she says that her relationship with Lance, her competition bow, archery bow, okay, yeah. helped her to become a world-class archer. What a team. And she also says when she first went to the Eiffel Tower in 2004, she felt an immediate attraction. And two years later, she married it. And she told the ABC News that people like her with object sexuality feel an innate connection to objects. And she says, it comes perfectly normal to us to connect on various levels, emotional, spiritual, and also physical Uh, for some.
0: Like Nathaniel.
1: Yeah, and Nathaniel too. With Chase, And I did read that some people who are object sexual also believe in animism, where they believe that objects have souls, intelligence mm-hmm. and feelings, and that they truly do have a sense of reciprocation from the object of their desire. They believe that. Mm-hmm. And that, that somehow yeah. they are communicating and that the object is reciprocating back.
0: Okay. Interesting. I wonder what causes this.
1: No idea. But Hmm. I will say I have an update on Nathaniel. Yes. 11 years later. Where are they now? Where are they now? 11 years later. Well, because in August last year, 2023, Nathaniel was back on TV in a new show called My Strange Addiction. Still addicted? Question mark? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is a little sad. And look, I will say, we are not laughing at Nathaniel. We're laughing...
0: No, we're laughing with with Nathaniel. The rest of the world at Nathaniel. Because Nathaniel's not laughing at this. No, sorry, Nathaniel. This is a comedy podcast. It is a comedy podcast. We're doing
1: this with sensitivity and love, okay? Are we? I am, I am. But look, Nathaniel's back in the news because he did actually break the news on camera Chase is out of his life. What? Chase has been given the boot. Not really. Sadly, he's found someone better, faster. Well, look, four years earlier, Chase was involved in a serious accident, Geordie. Oh, no. During a routine loop job. No, not really. During a routine service. (laughs) And I saw pictures of what happened to Chase. It looks like the roof of the fucking mechanics collapsed and wrote off the car. What
0: about the guy working on the car? Was he okay?
1: Fuck the car. No humans were injured, but Chase is no more. Chase is a write-off. Oh, no. (laughs) Literally. What uh, what are the chances of that happening? Terrible. Nathaniel is absolutely heartbroken, and he says he still thinks about Chase every day. Oh, sorry, Nathaniel. That's
0: heartbreaking. It is.
1: But he has made a shrine to Chase in his Hmm. bedroom. In his bedroom, you see... His single bed, now yeah yeah don't, don't. Uh, he's made a headboard from Ch- from the bonnet of Chase, you know the one yeah. that he was um, given the old heave ho yep so that's the the headboard and he's got a duvet cover with all the pictures of the good times oh dates and whatnot between him and Chase over the years so uh, there's cute little pictures of of uh, Chase. Taking a bath. Oh, That's what? Nathaniel so he's washing, washing him. him. Yeah,
0: Spraying him down with a pressure hose. Okay.
1: And then he starts choking up because he says, you know, he he loves this duvet. It keeps him close to him. And that you look
0: back and you don't realise the
1: things you take for granted until
0: it's too late. And he's crying. Oh, that really makes me sad actually, Michelle, because this guy's got real feelings for that inanimate object. He
1: does. It's- You see him flipping through um, his computer. There's a picture Mm. of him with this enormous proper American-style cake. Don't think it was red velvet. Looks fucking delicious. And it says, happy 14th birthday, Chase, on it. He's wiping away tears looking at all these memories. And he says he does think about Chase every day. But Geordie, he's moved on. He's moved on. He... What's he got now? Well, he's now in a friends with benefits relationship oh. with not just one, with a whole fleet of vehicles. Vehicles. A fleet? A whole fleet of vehicles. But there is...
0: Vehicles.
1: But there is one special lady and he says...
0: Yeah. Lady now. A lady, yeah. He's flipped.
1: He's yeah. flipped. Like I said, by Curious, he says, I found my baby girl online and... <laughs> You hear him doing the dirty talk again, and he's saying things like mm, "pretty girl," stop it. And then you see, <laughs> you see him stroking a navy blue Lexus, and he's oh. like, "I love Lex with all my heart." <laughs> Lex,
0: of course, navy blue—that's the worst color for a car. I just want to say,
1: she's me. a Lexus, and he—and he's called her Lex. I know. It's very imaginative. Chase was a Chevy, which I think was Chevy yes. Chase. So Chevy Chase, the actor, yes. He's not really going, like, wild on the names here. No. He does say, thank you, Lex, for all you do for me. He's really talking dirty to her. And then he says, oh. he's now in an intimate relationship with Lex. And he's okay. doing the whole, love you, baby girl. Kissing the steering wheel, sliding his hand over the paneling, and he says, Lex has more curve appeal than Chase. And in his right. eyes resembles a woman more than, than okay. Chase. Uh and you know, maybe he's by vehicle. Yes. Good one, Michelle. And he's walking around the back of the car and he's like, mm, Lex sh- got a cute the butt. Chassis. <laughs> <up to you. laughs> But he says he loves her interior the most, you know. He's not all about the surface, the looks. I do hope they're vinyl wipe clean seats. Well, he does say he does enjoy giving her a bath with warm water. And he says she enjoys it too. Yes. (laughs) Now, there was a TikTok of him saying of Lex that he loves the feel of her, the smoothness of her driving, the feel of her seats, stuff like that. And he says, I mean, that's the stuff I pay attention to. And, you know, I'm just excited to be in her presence. Aww. And Nathaniel said this for all the world to see on TikTok. Yeah. And he says, I'm really dedicated to her and I just want to be there for her as much as I can. Well, he's not that fucking dedicated because Lex Why? is not the only vehicle in Oh, he's got his the life. Yes. He's got more cars to mm-hmm. love. <laughs> also, there's Adam the jet ski. A jet ski? Yep. Then there's Jordan, who's more of a muscle car. Right. And uh, he says they've been intimate, though. And he has of course a more manly partner, which is Jet, the large black
0: SUV oh. that also has a cute butt. I thought Jet was going to be the jet ski. I got confused for a minute there.
1: Well, Adam's the jet ski and Jet is the yeah.
0: SUV. It's a lot. He must be very wealthy, Michelle, to have all these cars and jet skis and whatnot.
1: Well, maybe my strange addiction is paying him a pretty penny. Right. He says, of Adam, he loves to wrap. My, I love to wrap my legs around him. It feels like I'm hugging him. <laughs> Something hot and throbbing between the legs? Oh, my God. But I will say, he, he does go on to say, when he's feeling a bit naughty, he gets Jet and Adam, and they
0: basically have a threesome where they make, quote, passionate love. Well, that, that sounds dangerous to me. Be careful, please, Nathaniel. You don't want to have an accident. But he does call them his family and he says he's got plenty of love
1: to go around mm. and that none of his cars ever feel jealous of each other.
0: Oh, all's well that ends well. Well done. It is. Except
1: for Chase, who was crushed.
0: R.I.P. Chase.
1: Yeah. But it does definitely give a whole new take to the term used cars.
0: Ew. Michelle, Chevy Chase, I read recently on something like Quora or something stupid that he is the most disliked Hollywood actor out there, apparently. What? Apparently, he's very rude to other co-stars. He ruins their scenes. He puts people down. He was rude to a child actor. That's what I read. I don't know if it's accurate. Has anyone got any more info on that? It's from Quora. That's where people write in. So I really don't know.
1: Interesting because he was fantastic. He was uh, the goofy, you know, all the vacation movies. I
0: hate those films. My brother
1: loves them. Oh, my parents loved them.
0: Holiday roll. I hate that song as well, whatever it is.
1: Well, that sounded like Elliot Smith's Sweet Adeline, the one you sang last week. But anyway. <laughs> oh,
0: everything's sounding the same now. Oh, you ding Oh, you ding oh, Listen, Michelle, I've got something for you right now. What you got? Lay it on me. It's actually inspired from a 40 Times article which was entitled Gone and Forgotten which was about people who had died and no one noticed. Very sad. And I read the story of a woman called Jennifer Mage from Troy, Illinois. That's a rhyme. Who reported her husband missing in April 2022. Mm -hmm. The day he went missing, he had phoned Jennifer to let her know that he would be leaving work early that day. But once she got home, she could find hide nor hair of him. Hide nor hair. Hide nor hair. She looked everywhere. His car was in the driveway. His wallet and keys and cards were still in the house. So she called the police and they came and searched the house twice. However, according to reports, the house was apparently a hoarder home and a bit like a sewer.
1: Okay, before you said that, I was getting Melissa Caddick vibes. No keys
0: on the counter blah 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 what was the state of their house i wonder so this is a hoarder house yes i'm talking about hoarders here we go hoarders oh jesus eight months later in december when jennifer was searching for the christmas decorations i mean where's she going to put them (laughs) in a hoarder house she discovered richard's mummified body wedged in a closet in a storage area of the house, what? Hang on, wedged is wedged in wedged a storage in closet. Yeah, wedged in a closet in a storage area of the house. But is the ho- whole house not just a storage area?
1: I'm just confused here because what? So he's come home, popped the keys on the bench of the hoarder house, mm-hmm.
0: and then wedged himself in the closet. Uh, along with tons of rubbish, yes. She had previously reported a foul smell in the house, but police just put that down to the fact that there was shitloads of rubbish in there. Oh, my God, this is disgusting. Sorry. He took his own life is what happened, Michelle. He didn't just (gasps) get stuck in there. He ended his life.
1: Oh, oh, that's very
0: sad. I I mean, he probably came home and went, I'm fucking had enough. I can't, I'm not cleaning up. I mean, there could have been many, many things, but I have another story here, which is from what I just mentioned before, The Star, which is often made up stories, but it led with King Charles's enlarged prostate. So that's fact. And a 400-year-old painting of a little lord wearing what looked like Nike trainers that have people convinced that time travel is real, but pin that. We'll come back to that another episode. But this is about cleaner, Rayanne McMullen, who was reduced to tears several times when she saw the state of a pizza box filled flat in Manchester that took her two full days to clean. She was being employed by the landlord. It was a tenant's situation. They had moved out and he... Saw the state of the house. Thought, well, you're not getting your bloody deposit back. Ryan can you come and clean this, please? It'll take you two days. It was floor-to-ceiling pizza boxes along with huge bottles of the tenant's pee-pee. So we're talking oh about those enormous, water, proper, like, water cooler bottles, practically. Oh those big bottles God. of water filled with piss.
1: Well, is it because it was just chock-a-block with pizza boxes I couldn't get to the I bob? couldn't get
0: to the loo? Maybe. Oh!
1: my god that's disgusting who
0: pisses in a bottle who mm, does that I know he doesn't do it anymore though I've put paid to that but the amount of pizza boxes in there was so enormous that Rayanne says she'll never eat pizza again it went that far for her can
1: you imagine I mean to be fair if I had to go and do a cleaning job I would prefer a flat full of pizza boxes than Shit. shit. Shit yeah. and piss and rat piss Ugh. newspapers and all that kind of stuff. Like pizza boxes. I mean, it sounds grim and there could have been rats because I bet you there were deep crust, cheese-filled, you yes, know, left box. inside the boxes and
0: rats were in there chomp-chomping away. Yuck. Yuck. You're talking about rats, Michelle. That Rayanne story, that was nothing compared to the scene that search and rescue teams stumbled across when they were called out to a 76-year-old Texas resident's hoarder's home, as they entered, the team were welcomed by a gathering of rats or a mischief, if you like. That's what a gathering of rats is called. More than one rat. A mischief. It's a mischief. Now, you know. The team were, of course, decked out in hazmat suits and they had cadaver dogs that they brought along. They immediately found the gentleman's body. And neighbours of the man said that they had previously reached out to help him because obviously they could see that he was struggling with the hoarder issues. Yeah. But their help was rebuffed. And as mentioned in our previous hoarders episodes, of which we've done many, the hoarding disorder has now made it into the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is mental health workers use to treat. So let me just go through a few. The disorder class is obsessive compulsive and related disorders, though it is not an obsessive compulsive disorder. I've got to make that clear. And It is basically described as persistent difficulty discarding or parting with possessions regardless of their actual value. The difficulty is due to a perceived need to save the items and to the distress associated with discarding them.
1: You know, Jordy, I feel like many people probably have low level hoarding tendencies Mm. that don't get out of control for whatever reason, but... I think there are a lot of people who either feel bad about discarding things, feel a bit of anxiety about contributing to plastic waste and whatever. I get it. I guess this is just an extreme
0: yeah, version. possibly. So hoarding is not attributable to other medical conditions like brain injuries or other syndromes. Mm. So it really stands alone. And as you know well, because you watch it, the TV show Hoarders is very popular viewing. It is. Because you've done a few stories from there before. Fucking love a Hoarders episode. (laughs) You actually did an episode previously about their most popular episode, which was Shanna, who hoarded her own shit.
1: And she loved it. She thought there was nothing wrong with it at all. Hmm. I mean, I would never hoard my own shit. And actually, we did have... The classic of the lady who was hoarding the bodies of her dead cats in the fridge.
0: And there was an electrical...
1: There was an electrical fault and there was like... Melting... Pussy juice everywhere. Don't say that.
0: (laughs) Michelle! Sorry. Stop it. Sorry. Goodness, you're so rude. Well, there's another episode on hoarders which I looked at briefly... And it was one about a man called Glenn Britner, who was a Californian businessman whose wife had passed away several years before the episode was filmed. As a coping mechanism, the newly widowed Glenn decided to breed rats as pets. More mischief. More mystery. This is
1: ringing bells, Geordie. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have discussed this guy really? previously sure. on the
0: podcast. Well, it could well have happened. We forget things. It's a
1: refresh. It's a refresh. This is a refresh.
0: <laughs> and there's an update because uh, obviously the rats, they rapidly multiplied and they were bloody everywhere yes. by the end of it. And the sheer volume of rats meant that Glenn was forced to move into a shed on his property, which was on acreage in Antelope Valley in California. His episode was in 2011, by the way, Season 3. Glenn, Ford, stroke, Lisa.
1: Now, can I just ask you to visually, mentally visualize... A writhing floor of rats. A writhing, not even a floor, a writhing entire house full of rats because he had to move out into the garage or whatever you just shed. said. That's disgusting. Fucking hell. I am mentally picturing that. It's making me feel... Unsettled. Anxious. Yeah.
0: A little a little anxious. Well, the hoarder's team went in and fixed things right up. Michelle, don't worry about it because aside from rats, also hoarding rats, Glenn was also successfully running his own water delivery business. Ugh. Who's buying water from that guy? I'm not buying water from that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. But you'll be pleased to know that when the hoarder's team removed the rats under instruction from Glenn, they did so without harming them. In fact, he demanded that each rat be adopted by new loving families and apparently that's what they did. Uh, (laughs)
1: Newsflash, they just chucked him in the river, mate. (laughs) No one adopted those fucking rats, I'm telling you. There would have been thousands. They did not find thousands of homes.
0: Come on. But listen, here's the update, Michelle, because four years later, on the night of August 18, 2015, there was a break-in at Glenn's home and he was found later by one of his employees with his hands and feet tied together with zip ties and the wheelchair he'd been using was nowhere in sight. His head was also bleeding from severe trauma. He was still alive, but in oh critical God. condition and he was unable to speak. And sadly, Glenn Britner passed away in hospital after 10 days in a coma. Authorities believe that at least 2 men invaded Glenn's home. The invaders had apparently stolen $2000, a few TVs and some power tools, which hardly seemed worth it in exchange for Glenn's life. No, that's I know. Awful
1: he's probably considered a bit of the like rat weirdo in town and maybe people don't like it. I don't, I mean, you said he's from Texas. Is that right?
0: No, he's in California.
1: He's in California. Okay, well,
0: they're a little bit more liberal there, but maybe people just didn't like the rat man. He was on TV, Michelle, running a successful business, so everybody knew about it. They also knew where he lived. I would say it was a case of advertising by being on TV. It's not his fault, and it's not the television show's fault. Obviously, we're not responsible for what other people do.
1: I think Nathaniel better watch out because someone might try and get Adam the jet ski He's got all or those
0: cars. Exactly, all those cars. But the murder remains unsolved despite his family appealing for information. And the family said, "How could someone be so cowardly and vile as to attack and beat a nearly sixty-year-old crippled man to death?" Mm. Honestly, oh, that's it's fucking horrific. Awful. I took to Reddit to ask the question: Do the hoarders featured on the show stop hoarding? And one answer from a user whose name I can't pronounce said. Some people do really well, some are at the thrift store the next day. Notably, mm-hmm. the family that was living in a tent in hopes of starving out the bed bugs really started living life differently. I think the filming was the first time that guy really saw how much hurt and disappointment he was causing his wife.
1: Right. Sometimes you don't have a big picture view on these things. You're in it and it's yeah. all about
0: your mental health condition and you don't realize the impact on your family. Exactly. This and speaking of that, here's a reply from Minute Rule 9860 who said, having been raised by hoarders with animals, oh. my guess is 100% of the hoarder's return to hoarding. So I had a little route round and found out that if you need help with hoarding disorder, then you're going to want to change in order to seek the therapy, possibly go back to the moment it began, what was going on for them at the time, perhaps address that. CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, reframing and whatnot, and other ways of dealing with it, seems to be the most effective type of therapy Mind.org.uk say some researchers believe hoarding can relate to childhood experiences of losing things, not owning things or people not caring for you. Basic neglect. That is extremely damaging to a young mind, by the way. This might include experiences like money worries or living in poverty in childhood, having your belongings taken or thrown away by someone. I'm gonna talk about blueberries for a moment, Michelle. Now, my husband recently decided that blueberries are a superfood and they are also one of the dirty dozen, which means that they're the sort of things that are absolutely tainted by pesticides covered in them. So they may be a superfood, but taking lots of them can be detrimental to your health because of the insecticides. So this dude, my husband, went and found a great supplier of blueberries, but unfortunately had to buy a huge box of them, not just one box, but five minimum okay at 50 pounds a pop
1: (laughs) oh my god
0: i guess they're all organic and they're organic they're pesticide free they're very blue they make his mouth black you may have noticed that while you were here wonderful but i'm going to talk about food hoarding for a moment because it's a thing oh man it is basically uh where the perceived value of practical and emotional food items can influence food hoarding. So, for example, some food hoarders might fear food shortages coming or economic instability, which drives them to hoard food as a precautionary measure, which my father-in-law used to do because he was a young person during World War II where there was rationing. And I think that may have been passed down to my husband.
1: But I think that that makes sense. Um, If you've gone through a period of lack and rationing, Mm then there is something in you that will always have something in the cupboard just in case. Just in case it goes wrong, yeah. That tin of corn that nobody wants, just in case. Whip up
0: a corn soup or something or a corn bread. (laughs) People with food hoarding disorder often struggle also with decision-making and organisation, and they may experience overwhelming anxiety when faced with the prospect of throwing food away which leads to avoiding making decisions altogether. I have said that my husband gets things out of the food bin, haven't I?
1: I think maybe on a previous episode, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and I've seen it. Sorry, hubs. I've seen it. <laughs> it's this
0: indecisiveness that contributes to hoarding of food and other things. Then there is avoidance coping mechanisms. So hoarding can be another way for people to avoid confronting underlying emotional pain or trauma and acts as a temporary distraction from other issues that cause distress. In its place, it provides a sense of control and security. And here are some examples of food hoarding. Do you recognize any of these? Excessive food purchases. Food hoarders often buy large quantities of food, even when they don't need it or haven't the space to fit it. They might have difficulty throwing food away, like I said. Even expired or off food becomes incredibly difficult to get rid of. Another common characteristic of hoarders is having overstocked pantries, cupboards, refrigerators and freezers. We've got three freezers. It gets disorganized in there real quick. Cats in the freezer, for example. Oh my god. Geordie, I'm sorry, but this is just like tick, tick, (laughs) tick,
1: tick, tick tick, to your house.
0: (gasps) But going back to the hoarders on the episode's returning to their hoarding ways, despite research showing a 95% return to hoarding it is possible to get help for it but like I said they would need Mm. to want to seek the help in the first place because it's difficult for both the hoarder and their loved ones and to me Michelle it displays deep unprocessed trauma or distress of some kind so let's be kind to the hoarders
1: we should always be kind to everyone Everyone. but I will say going back to the idea of freezers we have The tiniest freezer. It's essentially like a beer fridge, but Uh, a a freezer. And Andreas is absolutely militant about eating up out of the freezer. He hates putting things in there and he wants it gone as soon as possible because... You can have things in the freezer
0: for years that never come out. But the thing is, I have told this to my other half, freezer burn. What I mean is you can put it in there, forget it's it. It's useless after three months. Meat and things like that, it gets freezer burn and it's no good. Three months is the max. But you can leave
1: things in the freezer for years, maybe not meat. Obviously, I'm vegetarian. But you can leave a bag of peas in there for years and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'll get eat those peas and they're Yuck. five years old. You don't want those things out of the freezer. I'm a big advocate for
0: small freezer using up quickly. So am I, but I live with someone who's not, so I just have to suck it up.
1: I know, I know. Three freezers, <laughs> wow. But wow, what a story. Thank you for all those titty-bitties. All the titty-bitties. Of some titty-bitties on yeah. the waters, all those bits. Like I said, I actually feel like every single person has, even if it's only a half a percent, can relate to holding on, maybe things. ideas of, of yeah holding well, as things. you
0: know I've worked in the past as a wardrobe consultant where I go to people's houses and help get rid of things in their wardrobes I've done it for you and very difficult for people to part with items of clothing that no longer fit them that no longer suit them just because it's almost indicative of a time in their life so it's interesting it's emotional Mm. connection to
1: clothes because you look at something and you think on one hand that was when I was
0: young and slim and gorgeous maybe I'll wear it again. Or I wore it the night I met my husband or you know it's my favorite band.
1: Yeah or oh I love that bag that reminds me of
0: I bought this bag with my first paycheck. It's all these kind of things that are connected and you know we are talking Mm. about hoarders on a comedy podcast but we do have a sensitivity towards people who have issues with getting rid of things you know I work as a declutterer as Mm. well at the moment so it's worth my while yes exactly but that's only for people who want to get rid of things like it said earlier on reddit if you are a hoarder and it's become something that's recognizable as a real problem then it's deeper than just not being able to throw away the guardian every time you buy it
1: Yes, no, I get that. Going back to clothes, I will say you're very good at doing regular clear outs of your stuff. You're very good at it. I'm not so good. It does make sense, but I always feel like, oh. You're throwing money away. Yeah, throwing money away and, oh, I'll fit into it again. Oh, this will come back in style. Oh, it's a very good brand. It's complex. I'm not a clothes hoarder, but... I would say that's the thing I have most difficulty parting with.
0: What I tell my clients, Michelle, when I work with them is Mm. wouldn't you rather put that on Vinted or eBay and get some money towards buying something that does make you feel good when you walk out the door that you will wear, that you'll get some wear out of and you can be proud of your wardrobe or you can put your hand in and know that you're going to pull something out that is something that you feel comfortable in and you can wear. And it does wonders for your self-esteem as well, which is where I really kind of champion people's self-esteem and helping them get back up there. I'm advertising my services right here, right now. I've never spoken about this before.
1: No, we haven't talked about the fact that you do this. You go in and, and help people with their wardrobes. You're very good at it. You can book me. <laughs> Hello, <in> dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, look, thank you so much for that story. And Ama- well, story is amazing. And I think there's really only one thing left to say.
0: Well, as I like to say three things, yes, it's wherever you are, whatever you do, just,
1: just keep, keep
0: eavesdropping. 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 Jumpin', jumpin'. He's jumping.
1: He's jumping. is